Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams, and Danny, it's been a wild week for Charlotte FC. <laughs> I don't I don't know what's happened. I, I'm I'm out of town right now. I'm in I'm in Tampa, Florida, and uh, I've been mm-hmm. busy for the last 48 hours or so. So where do we start? I got to start with Cat Stevens, baby. Ooh, Johnny, Johnny, it's a wild world. It's hard to get by without a designated player or two. Yeah, we lost two DPs, Johnny. Um, It's a wild world out there, and Charlotte FC's roster is a lot thinner than it was uh, 24 hours ago because Arrivederci and adios, Carol and Camille. um, No longer are you members of the team. Carol technically is loaned out, but he's never coming back. So, uh, yeah, the boys are gone. Uh, the great Polish Polish exodus of 2024. Uh, Swiderski, Jaswiak, uh, Sobaczynski, and Pareva all gone. And we haven't brought anyone in, John, so it's really weird. Uh, the window's closed. The window has slammed shut uh, in <laughs> England and Italy and France and Germany and Spain and other locales it's still open in some uh you know smaller leagues and stuff like that but uh uh it's obviously much harder to get guys we're now looking more towards like free agent pool and guys that are you know surplus to requirements i actually have one hot name that that i would love to see come in um who's not technically a free agent yet but uh yeah charlotte's kind of in a state of flux it's a wild week we we've said goodbye to our talisman our first ever dp a guy that was much beloved but also much hated there was there was carol had his detractors for sure and then there's Camille who had it's almost like Carol had about like 80% love, 20% hate. And then there's Camille who maybe had like the flip side of that, 2080. I don't know, not 100 percent sure. But uh um it's weird. Like it's just wh- what do we think about a lot of times with Charlotte FC um as a new club, as a two-year-old club? It's like we have all these firsts. We all we're, there's, there's always another first for for us to experience, and this is the first exodus of a designated player, the the most valuable commodity in Major League Soccer. That's yeah, a great call, right? Because I think saying that it was a first, and by the way, I'm being tongue in cheek as far as what what was happening. I, uh, I I tried to get away for 48 hours, and and right. I couldn't stop, you know, following my phone and following these stories. So mm-hmm. uh, for what it's worth, I've, I've got a lot of thought, thoughts on all this. I've been waiting to get together with you to have this conversation. It was great to great to see you do an episode with what was it an Antonelli? Who who was your Jeff Antonella? Jeff Jeff Antonella, and he is a former teammate of David Bingham. Check that out on the YouTube. Also published uh, to the audio only feeds this morning. Um, that is such a great episode. I know we had all this drama going on, but that's when we had on the schedule. And I was like, wow, we have a scheduled interview with this guy that's a little off topic, but we lost these two designated players. But I was like, forget it. I'm not, I'm not pushing this interview back. I got to talk to this guy. And that turned out to be a great conversation. It's a little, it's, it's sort of like side to what we're talking about here, but also applies. So find that on all the feeds for sure. Jeff Attenell, a great guy. I've seen you wave the flags at the Charlotte independence matches. And it, this was you all. You were waving the Charlotte Soccer Show flag for the last couple of days all over the place. A great column as well on our Substack too. Um, so, Danny, Dude. you've been all, you've been all over this story. I, I really enjoyed your column about Carol Swiderski, the king I mean, without a crown. I, I'm writing again, Johnny. I used to write. I used to write all the time back in my early days of my career. I was a. I wrote column for the school paper back in college and stuff like that. So, like, thank you for creating Charlotte Soccer City Substack as a platform for me to just like spill out my thoughts. You're a great man. You've, you've given uh, uh, a great uh, gift to the readers of Charlotte soccer um, 
community and world because like we're you and I are now able to like put our thoughts in the written form up there and stuff like that. So uh, very cool. And it was great to like when when Carol was when it so like the thing the way it went is like Wednesday afternoon, we start hearing, well, you know, Carol might actually be going. We knew Josiak was going. But then Wednesday afternoon, it's like, oh, Carol might actually be going too. And I was like, ah, whatever. That's not happening. And then a couple hours later, it's like, yeah, it's looking like it might actually kind of happen. And then like an hour after that, it was like, boom, it's happened. It's, it's real. It's happened. It's already happened. He's in the plane. So I didn't want to accept it at first, but then I got there and I was like, okay, it's real. It's happened. And then it's like, you know, it's like the end of my day at work. It's in the evening and you're go you're out of town. It's like normal circumstances. What's going to happen? You and I are going to like go straight to hop fly and like, let's get an episode in the can right now. But with you out of town, I didn't know what to do. So uh, start just started putting thoughts on a page after the the Twitter spaces that you mentioned. The, thank you, Level Up Luke, for hosting. And uh, I'm glad it came out. I, I got some really good response to the column. And that means the world to me. Because Carol meant the world to me as a soccer fan. And uh, you have to move on, though. You can't get too attached. You know, like I have, you know, my, my friend Bridget is like constantly, you know, so sad about when anytime George Marks isn't starting because that's like her favorite guy. I'm like, hey, you can't get too attached to these players. So I had to do the same thing to myself with Carol. My favorite guy is gone. So I had to sort of like put it out there, my my negative emotions while also processing the moving on forward. I'm the type of guy, I said this in the piece, I like to, I don't go through the stages one by one of grief. I just like to go through all the stages of grief simultaneously and just let it all hit me at once anytime something happens like this. Uh, I, I could tell by the messages that we were trading um, uh, that you were going through all those stages within mm -hmm. uh, a couple hours span. And it was mm -hmm. a lot to handle for sure. And uh, I'm so glad that we've been able to get together here um, on this this Friday. And what's fun is, is that, you know, we typically don't record on Friday. So we're going to have our own version of fresh drop friday on charlotte soccer show and uh you mentioned our, our friends at hopfly of course uh this episode is presented by hopfly and one thing i wanted to do is highlight this week's fresh drop friday there's there's one specific beer danny that i think um sounds perfect you said it's a beautiful day in charlotte it's a beautiful day in tampa here and you know, I, I would, would, would kill for a creamsicle right now. This this orange creamsicle blender, a, a fresh drop Friday, a beer at Hopfly. Transport yourself back to carefree days with our orange creamsicle blender. This delightful concoction plays homage, pays homage to the iconic orange creamsicle pop. Man, uh, I'm thinking about so. I'm thinking when I'm thinking about a creamsicle pop right now. I'm thinking about like a Saturday in July, we're getting ready to go to the keep and mm -hmm. oh yeah, I would love to have a, a cream school pop on the walk down to the stadium. It delivers a, vi a, a vibrant blend of bright orange and luscious vanilla. It's a nostalgic journey that captures the essence of simple pleasures. Name a better duo. We'll wait. <laughs> man, I love simple pleasures, man. I'm a simple man. You know, I, I like simple things, you know, like uh, lollipops. Uh, um, but no, I'm headed to uh, Hot Fly right after we finish taping this for my own uh, Orange Cream School Fresh Drop. That sounds terrific. It, it certainly does. Um, so, so for on this episode, on this Fresh uh, Drop Friday on Charlotte Soccer Show, uh, you know, the one thing that I wanted to do, and, and hearing you talk about all that, Danny, is just kind of identify the biggest story of the week, right? And it has to be Carol. It has to be Carol leaving. It's why you you wrote about that. Our first ever signing, the DP signing. And I think the question has to be asked, right? And, and I'll start here. Carol 
Swiderski leaving Charlotte FC, and you, you've already said that you don't expect him to come back. I think it's really important to note that the, the loan with an option to buy is contingent on his new Serie A club staying up in the first division. What happens if that club gets relegated? Uh, then he'll probably go to a smaller league. He'll probably he'll probably go to a dip. We'll, we'll sell him then at that point to like Michelin in the Danish league, who had made an offer earlier or something like that. Um, Fair enough. Or or back to the Greek league, maybe. You know. So knows? it's a, so it's a zero percent chance if that team gets relegated that that Carol's not returning to Charlotte in the summertime. In uh, not in the it's not an actual real world zero percent chance. There certainly is a chance, but in my head, it's a zero percent chance. Yes. Yeah, it's. I don't think that I disagree with you but i think that if that club doesn't stay up and charlotte fc hasn't added a, a designated player in the summertime and the, the, the squad is playing really well and mm-hmm. carol doesn't have any other suitors yeah you probably should bring them back sure. in, in that scenario and 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 so a new reinforcement yeah. for the campaine you know? <laughs> you know? that we know as one we're familiar with <laughs> Totally, totally right. So yeah. I only bring that up just to to keep that option open, right? I, I agree with you. I don't expect Carlos Rossi to play for Charlotte FC ever again. Mm-hmm. But I've seen crazier things happen, and, and right. I'm not afraid to to leave that on the table and and maybe um, see Carol back at, at the keep over over the summer. But at the same time, the, the club right now, uh, Hellas Verona, mm-hmm. I believe it is that he's transferred yeah. to. Uh, I, I think the club is going to stay up, and I, and I think Carroll's going to uh, play a part in that. I think the reason why they brought him on board is to to, to have Carroll on the pitch, score goals, and, and stay up. They're not in the relegation zone right now. They're only a few points off, but who knows? It'll be a fun story to follow, though. I think for Charlotte FC fans, this is the first opportunity for Charlotte FC fans to to see a former player play in a top-five European league. And you know, I'm not the type of person wow. typically that, wow. that would Sergio watch. Sergio Ruiz, erasure. Just horrible. <laughs> Just man keep sorry didn't mean to cut you off there but you know yeah Sergio Ruiz does play in La Liga but I mean <laughs> I'm not sure he has any business playing in the top five European league and I know for a fact Mil Uziak does not have any business playing in the top five European yeah they're they're teammates again yeah we'll get to that eventually but sorry I, just, I had yeah. I had to jump in there just because otherwise yeah. the Sergio stands are going to come at me for not saying anything so. yeah are there Sergio stands out there there's people that really that like Sergio Ruiz I guess there is I can think of one okay that's not done. So uh, cheers to cheers to the one Sergio Ruiz stand out there. I, I Johnny, think, here's uh, what I want to say. Here's what I want to say, though. I, I just want to say this. I, I do want your thoughts, obviously. But, like, I just want Hellas Verona fans in Fair Verona where we lay our scene. I want them to know. Keep an eye on this guy because I'm not – I'm pretty sure he's going to show up and he's like, man, it's great here. I want to do things here. I want to help this club stay up. But, oh, man. It'd be great to play for like Napoli, you know. Oh man, it'd be awesome to like go to Dortmund or something like that, you know. Like Carol's just that guy that's like never happy where he is. He's always looking for like the next thing and and what's next. And so, you know, if you saw the publicity photos, you know, when he went to Verona and he he, he almost had like a grimace on his face the whole time. I never really caught a smile. So we'll see. I'm not here to badmouth my ex. Uh, it's not what I do, but. I just am not sure it's all going to work out for him in Verona. And I think he's going to end up wondering why he took this move. I really believe so, but we'll see. It's certainly a story that we're going to continue to follow here on Charlotte soccer show. This is not going to be the last time we talk about Carol Spursky, uh, because as this club grows, as important players 
continue to come in and out of a club. Right. We have to keep tabs on uh, whether the club made a good decision or whether they made a very poor decision. And I think how a player ends up uh, in his career after leaving a club is sometimes reflective of a uh, front office decision. That's and there was a lot of there a lot of decisions by the front office this week. And uh, I, I just want to just kind of pat you on the back and, and pat our show on the back because I think when you see the reaction from a lot of fans and, and the Charlotte FC fan base this week, anyone who was surprised by this hasn't listened to Charlotte's soccer show for the last three months. Mm-hmm. And that's just the, the case. I mean, you can go back on our Twitter feed. You can go back on X and you can see our segments that say the Polish exodus question mark. And you can listen to us have a conversation on the show mm-hmm. about how I, I vividly remember asking you, Hey, is this, are we going to have any Polish players left on our team by the time the right. season starts? Yeah. And the reason and why I was asking that question yeah. Yeah. is because it just, it just, all signs were kind of pointing that direction. Camille Uziak was, was going to leave the club. So Basinski was already going to leave the club. And, for me, and I and I made this point when when Carol Swiderski was was training with David Pereba in Europe in the off season after Pereba left Crown Legacy, mm-hmm. and Pereba was the captain for Crown Legacy last year. Mm-hmm. At that point, I, at that point, I said Carol's picked his side. Mm-hmm. Carol's has no interest in, in being with Charlotte FC anymore because Charlotte FC is clearly moving on from every. Polish player that they've had, and it's not a countryman thing as, no, as far as Charlotte FC trying to get rid coincidental, of coincidental, but it's just it does but, point yeah, out. But the reason why, and I make the reason why we had Polish players is because we signed Karol Swiderski, and we wanted yeah. to put countrymen around him. We wanted to make him feel uh, at home. We wanted to have mm-hmm. players that speak his language in and around the dressing room. I thought it was a really smart move by the front office to do that. And I said, you always said that about Camille for that reason. You, you always said Camille's on the team because he's best friends with the best player, and so you know that's that's why he's here. And, and you were right, right about that. You were proven. No, it, you were proven cor- extremely right about that, my friend. You deserve your credit for it. Well, it, it's not about credit. It's just about yeah. you know the fact that you know we're we're following this team very closely, and it was really kind of easy to kind of see what the future was for this team. And the mm-hmm. future's Patrick Ajima, and there's never there, there's no doubt about that. And it's always been that for the last six months or so. So we can talk about Big Pat and we can talk about what we know about him and his and how Carol Swiderski's mm-hmm. move impacts Patrick Ajimon and Dean Smith. But I think for me the most important thing about Carol is I I would I would argue that most people's relationship with Carol Swiderski isn't necessarily about the his play on the field. I think that there's an emotional emotional connection to Carol Swiderski because he was our first. Right. And yeah. you never forget your first. And it's it's somebody that had a, 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 an impactful relationship with the fan base. And seeing Carol leave on loan, I think it's a time for fans to ask themselves, oh, is, is, is he not the player? Is he not the person that he thought he was? And, and or that we thought he was. So for me, it's 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 really it's really disappointing that Kraus Wiederski uh, is, is is loaned out and, and that he's not going to um, continue his project here because in soccer, Danny, you know this phrase, right? It's uh, the ability to become a club legend, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And that's that's really when you ingratiate yourself to the fan base and and you make a decision that, hey, I, I want to be here, I want to play for this club, and I want to be remembered as a legend for this club. And I think Carol Swiderski was given the opportunity to be the first Charlotte FC legend 
And he decided that he didn't want to be that. And I think that to me is the most disappointing thing about this is that on that night when Carol Swiderski was unveiled uh, just a little over uh, two years ago at Bank of America Stadium, I was there. And and that was the thought that I had. I said, wow, this player could become our first club legend. And I think a really good example of a player um, that has played in the MLS in the past that came from Europe uh, that I mentioned to you, I said his name was a Sebastian Latou. Sebastian Latou mm-hmm. for the Philadelphia Union. When the Philadelphia Union launched its, its franchise, Sebastian Latou came from Europe and he was a, and he became a Philadelphia Union legend because he made his career there. He stayed there for a very long time and Carol Sversky had that opportunity. So, I, I mean, the, the interesting part about this is it kind of falls in line with what's happening at Tepper Sports and Entertainment is, is that people leave. That's what this club is all about. I mean, everybody leaves this club. Yeah. And Enzo Capetti's probably next. Not, you know. <laughs> and who? And you got to ask yourself, who's next after that? And who's next after that? I, I saw. I saw a great photo this week, Danny, of of Dan Morgan and the new Panthers head coach raising Dave their hand. Davey Dave Dills ra- raising their hand and saying hello uh, to everybody who greeted them at Bank of America Stadium, and I. I, I thought the perfect caption for that picture was raise your hand if you're up next to get fired. <laughs> and that's how this, this business right now, Tepper sports and entertainment is working. Um, I think this, this organization is, is in big trouble. Uh, I think that, um, that the Panthers are an unbelievable shit show. And I think that the fact that Charlotte FC is affiliated with the Panthers and affiliated with Tepper sports and entertainment, means that the culture of those two organizations are now starting to happen at Charlotte FC. Is that, you know who's next up? Zoran Cronetta, Danny. He's the next man up to get fired at Charlotte FC. Because if you've noticed, after Carol Swiderski's move was announced, when Camille Uzviak's move was announced, when no players were signing, everybody was looking towards Zoran and saying, what is Zoran Cronetta's future here at Charlotte FC? I am not saying that Zoran Cronetta doesn't deserve a long-term future here. But if the decisions that were made over the last month pan out and six months from now, it's the summertime and Charlotte FC is 13th, 12th in the East, you really got to ask yourself a question about whether Zoran Cronetta is the right man for this job. 100% because uh, we – A, it's not just about Zoran. A, there's just the dynamic of think about any – football club slash NFL team slash NBA team, especially how often if, if there's a general manager and they fire one coach and they fire another coach and they hire their third coach, who's the next guy to get fired. They don't fire the third coach. They fire the general manager who keeps hiring these bad coaches. Right. So like, yes. Yeah, so like just in general, like if you took all the specifics out of it, just in general, the GM, the sporting director, the chief soccer officer is the next is the next head on the chopping block for sure, especially because he just got promoted to a fancier title. So I think that uh, Zorn knows that. I think that you said a lot there, Johnny. I'm still I'm thinking I'm just like reacting to everything you just said. Like I'm uh, I think that it's a little weird, right? Because I'm a Kool-Aid drinker. I've drunk the Kool-Aid. I, I am I'm trusting the team. I am waiting back to see what happens. There's still 20 so or so days Till our first match, the windows are still open. There are players out there. So I'm the guy that's like, 
I want to believe. And everything we're hearing from the club is trust us, trust us. Uh, whether it's people we talk to on the side or whether it's people we talk to officially, whether it's, you know, any people, whether it's stuff we read from uh, people that we know talking to other people, whatever the conversation is, the conversation centers around, don't worry. It's going to be okay. We're going right. to sign guys. We're going to, the dominoes have to fall. We got to get, move them right. out to move them in. And it's like, okay, well you waited till the last fucking day to move them out. And it's a lot harder to move them in now. So, I, I'm with, like, I'm the guy that's keeping the faith here. You know, faith is the belief in things not seen, but I'm not seeing it. And, like, you can only tell me so many times to keep waiting and holding on and never do anything. So, like, I actually believe we're recording this on a Friday. Like you said, it's midday. We might have signings by the time we might have, you know, this episode could be semi-dated because there could be signings by the time someone listens to it. But at the same time, I don't – I've now given up hope of a DP – I don't think there's any way we get a DP signing in this window. The whole no chance. Is, the message is we don't want to rush it, so we might add, we might wait till summer. I mean, you know, come yeah, on. Yeah, we might wait. We might wait until <laughs> Carroll gets relegated and force yeah, him to come yeah, back exactly. and and finish out the season. But like for me, I was always two weeks ago. I was dead confident. I would have asked anyone who who asked. I would have told anyone who asked me, we will sell Camille and we will bring in a new P DP before the season starts. That was my mantra. I said it. Oh, Pin it to the chat. I said it multiple times, and I was wrong. We will not have a DP now. I'd be shocked if we did. Even though the the, the idea that I hinted at earlier, the the name, the wild name that I would have loved to see come in is Saeed Ben Rama, who plays for West Ham. He's like a insane, pacey Premier League winger. Like would be like a huge swing to take for us to go get him. And he's kind of out of favor at West Ham, and so he almost moved to the French league to play at Lyon on the deadline yesterday. And that deal fell apart on some technicality. Well, I, got news, I got news. I got news for you. That deal's back on. Okay. So yeah, so that's not going to happen, but that, but like, these are the type of like leaps that I'm like trying to find here as we're like scrambling. And I assume the, the people in the office are doing way more than me, but like uh, we're not getting a DP. So we're, we are going to get some signings. We're going to bring one, two, three guys in maybe in the next two, week and a half or so. It'll be too late for them to fully integrate with the squad at Coachella. They may not even have work visas by February 24th, but we'll sign them. And we'll see what happens, and we'll go into this thing. The only thing you can really do at this point is you have to, like, if you want to be that glasses-full-not-empty guy, um, you could say, and you, I'm prepared, I'm fully prepared for you to roast me on this, Johnny, but <laughs> hey, man, we got a new manager, Dean Smith. Every player is a new signing. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, I mean, like, sure, you can you can think that way if you'd like, for sure. Every, all these players are uh, they, they've got a chance to have the new manager bump, right? That's real. That's right. The new manager bump is real. And considering Dean Smith came in in the off season, this this first month of the season through now now we're officially in February now. Our first episode here in, in February that we're doing together, and we're looking towards February twenty fourth against NYCFC, and it's only twenty two days away from the time of this taping, which is which is insane. So we've got three weeks to prepare for that match. And right now there's there's two DP slots that are open. There's there's no right wing in this squad. The the solution for the the, the right wing is not there anymore. And yeah, I was going to ask you to bring up this this depth chart that we took a look, uh, that you did a really nice job working on uh, after both players have moved. And I just want to um, highlight a few things here, Danny. And I think that this is really important. And, and I think this is going to come off a little bit harsh, but it just is what it is. Um, Enzo Capetti's like just 
not that good. And right now he's our DP striker. He's the most important player on this team. And there's a guy who's, I believe, 24 years old who makes about $65,000 this year who is threatening our DP striker for his job. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge, huge problem for this club to start there. Yes, we've, we, we have our DP striker in Enzo Capetti, but there's a young American player in Patrick Ajamong that, that looks to be pacier than Capetti, that looks to be just as good in the air as Capetti mm -hmm. and looks to be better with both feet than Enzo Capetti. I think the and only thing that Enzo, Enzo Capetti might have that Ajamong doesn't is hold-up play. I think hold up play by Enzo Capetti might be the only way that he makes a real meaningful impact for this squad. So looking at that striker position, I just I'm a little bit concerned with the fact that Enzo Capetti, a player that slowed this offense down, that that stayed on the ground way too long, that is the ultimate shithouser, mm -hmm. right? He is somebody that I don't enjoy watching play soccer. And right. I'm just they made a, they made a new rule to stop what he do, is most famous for doing. So you could call it the Capetti right. rule. So we need to figure – Enzo Capetti has to figure out a way to enjoy his football and have fans enjoy the football as well. If we have to watch another season of Enzo Capetti rolling around the ground and bitching to referees, then, man, this is going to be a really, really long season. So I'm concerned about the striker position, and it's going to take a, a manager who's, who's, who's really confident in, in his decision-making to sit Enzo Capetti on the bench. That's number one. Number two is – Yes, you, you have you have something in pink here, which is, you know, uh, potential rumored a, a new winger yeah. on that right-hand side. The, the pink slots on this depth chart are just, like, not signed, but just mentioned that they would be signed, which are these three spots here. But, but who who is going to come in at this point in the, the year and, and make an impact on the right wing? Is it somebody like a Justin Miram? Is it? I'm not saying him, but is it somebody like that, an MLS veteran player that comes in on the right wing right. and really helps this team in the attacking final third, right? It, it really hurts that Ben Bender is injured right now and can't yeah. slot into that space, even though I hate Ben Bender on the wing anyway. I, I right. very much prefer him in the center of the pitch. Mm -hmm. So Breck Diagre is, is the guy there on the right wing, but... But he's I also our 10. That. I also have Diagre in the 10. <laughs> right. By default. I have to say... Because who else could yeah, who else you put there? Yeah, when you sent me this depth chart and I took a look at it, I I, I really started to get concerned. Sure, I did. And I'm concerned about the empty spots. Like I'm fine with who we got. I know you you just everything you said about Capetti, I get. I still am because I'm a Kool Aid drinker. I'm like Capetti's going to thrive now that he's the man. But we'll see. You you could very well turn out he could turn out to be a disaster. Still, I mean that's not off the table. So. You know, the midfield, I don't even know. Like, I know Bender doesn't really go here as the eight in this third string eight, but I, and I don't really think he's this backup left wing necessarily. So, like, but I don't know where to put this guy because he's hurt. Uh, Burkimus is not going to be on the first team. Burkimus is 15 years old. I mean, he's he's not going to be our third string left wing. So, like, that's got to change. But I didn't know who else to put there. I've got Tiger Smalls in the third right wing spot because Dino apparently really liked the, his effort in Florida and he got a, a pre-assist, you know, like, like uh, other than that, like he's not going to be playing Tiger Smalls. I don't think so. Like, well, let me, let me just jump in here and just um, say that this lineup that you have is not sustainable. You can't, they cannot play this formation. They can't, yeah, they don't have, yeah, they don't have the players yeah. to play this formation. They don't have wingers to, to have a, a three man front line. So, in my opinion, 
Patrick Ajman and Enzo Capetti need to play together as strikers. Right. Up top. Even though supposedly Dean's not really a two striker guy, but it's, he's need to got to find a way to make Ajman and Copetti work together one way or the other. What even what about Copetti right wing? Ajman no way. At top. No way. That's no, a no way. way. No, Capetti has no clue how to play on the right wing. Right. Uh, have you ever seen him cross a ball into the box his entire career? I, I, he's he's Once, the one on that's on the end. One of time, it. one time I saw it. One time I did see it. Yeah, you know what's interesting though, and I, and I mean this sincerely, is is that when I talked to Patrick Ajamong's college coach over the off season, mm-hmm. and I learned about his career at Rhode Island and the type of player that he was, he mentioned how Patrick Ajamong liked to be out on the wing. That Ajamong liked to hit mm-hmm. balls into the box, and he was a better passer than he gave credit for, and he was a really pacey player. But you know, it, it's a real stretch to put him on the wing. So, so ultimately, what I'm trying to say is, and I don't want to get into the weeds here with the formation. It's a big week. We're going to react to the fact that we lost Carroll and. Yeah. Well, we, yeah, it's really more about the depth. I mean, whether, whatever the formation is, there's empty spots all over the pitch. Right. And from a, from a sub, let's just think about it this way, right? If the, if it's two, one in the 65th minute, like who is Dean Smith asking to come off the bench as an impact sub? I think Scott Arfield is somebody that we could circle as that, yep. but who else? Cambridge. Tiger Smalls. Cambridge is injured. Uh, yeah, that's true. There's there's just no there's no depth in the attacking third on the bench whatsoever. And without Ben Bender there, with with without a, any other right winger, without Camille Uzviak as well. I'm not saying that Camille should be on this team. It just seems like he's not. You know, I've got to say, I mean, we were told, oh, Dean Smith really likes Tiger Smalls, right? Good, great. Let's just see let's see what Tiger Smalls can do in this lineup. I don't hate that, but I mean, come on, this kid was just drafted out of college. And if, and mm-hmm. if, if we are, if in the, if in the third year of this club's existence, we're going to draft somebody out of college and start playing him right away. I start asking myself, what in the hell is going on here? Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there is no reason for a super draft pick who, by the way, was, was Tiger Smalls the first round pick or the second yes. round pick? He, he first was our round pick. first round pick, yeah. Okay, well, there's a reason why he's the first round pick, and I, I, I'm not really, I'm not trying to be negative on this show, Danny. I'm just trying to have a real conversation. Yeah. Oh, you know who I need to so put much... in? You know who I forgot to put in? Who's definitely going to be there? Petkovic. Petkovic, yeah. Whew. I knew I was, I knew I was forgetting someone the whole time I made this. Whew. Looks a okay, little better. Man. It looks a little better. It looks a little bit better now. <laughs> Okay, yeah, but it doesn't address the fact that in the final 15, yeah, 30 yeah, minutes yeah, of the match, yeah. when, when you need an impact player off the bench, there's just there's right. literally nobody there right now. And, that, and right. that's where the signs are coming. We're going to sign players, right? And yeah. and that's going to happen here in the next, hopefully, a couple of days, a couple of yeah. weeks. And, and there's going to be players who could potentially come in. But um, right. another Justin Miram type signing is the most unenthusiastic signing I can think of. Yeah. And then, we, uh, then you get zero, to the back line, like and you're like, "What? What's going on here?" You know, <laughs> it's crazy. So, uh, I think you're, I think you're being a little harsh to Andrew Privet. I think Andrew Privet is somebody that could start at that left center back role, uh, if necessary. I think Guzman Carujo could start there as well. Uh, we know that mm-hmm. Dean Smith wants a a left footed center back to pair with an with an Adilson Milanda with a Guzman Carujo. So the nice thing is that there's op there at center back. There's enough players to maybe find a center back partnership that can sure. get the job done. 
yep. and just kind of you know fall into what that partnership looks like and how they work with with Christian Kalina and go from there. And I think ultimately, uh, I'm starting to look at this squad, Danny, and I, I think our our fullback positions, you know, potentially might offer us the best opportunity to to play forward. I, I mm-hmm. think I think sending Nathan Byrne and and Jalen Lindsay and and you're yearning forward and helping this team in the final third wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. I also don't think a back three would be in the worst thing in the world. Yeah. I'm, I'm not expecting Dean Smith to play a back three, but if if the back three was Bill Tuiloma, Andrew Privet, and Adilson Melanda, and then uh, Lindsay was in a wing back position and Yuri mm-hmm. Yernan was in a wing wing back position. Ultimately, I think those two could bomb forward and they could also uh, pinch Bur- back and play a back five. How about and burn playing your, your attacking right wing? <laughs> I mean, have him bomb forward. I mean, he's, yeah. he's, he's got, so we know how much pace he has, right? Mm-hmm. We, oh, yeah. His, his track back ability. Burn, those high, really became a, a key player at the end of last year, for sure. I, I agree. So I, this is ultimately what I'm trying to say is that I believe that the left and the right back position are the strongest positions that we have at Charlotte FC right now. Uh, yeah, I'll buy it after after losing uh, Carroll for sure. I, a striker, and I put striker there as, as second, uh, uh, you know, right behind those two. Everywhere else, I don't know. I'm I'm huge on Westwood. I think it's a great year for Westwood. I think Westwood takes a quantum leap forward offensively in year two in MLS compared to what he did in year one. Um, we'll see if I'm proven right or wrong on that. Vargas, I think, takes a quantum leap forward. I, I, I think Kerwin protect Kerwin Vargas at all costs. We we have him here as left wing, but I really think of him as just sort of an all all purpose offensive playmaker. Um, you know, I think he's going to have the ball at his feet even more this year. So, but it depends well, who you bring in, right? And I, I think you're you're making really nice points about this this midfield situation, right? Where you you've got an Ashley Westwood, you've got a Brant Bronico, you've got players who have played together mm-hmm. and players that know how to connect with each other and if there's a way to win a midfield battle in MLS this year, that can maybe make up for some of your deficiencies up front. Mm-hmm. And if the midfield can retain possession, play this possession style, I I, I think that would be the uh, ultimately, the way for Charlotte FC to, to go forward is that this med- midfield can really play together. But I need to be honest with you, Danny. Uh, after the New York Red Bulls loss in the playoffs, my first thought was the midfield was not good enough. Yeah. And that midfield will never be good enough to win an MLS Cup. And so it hasn't gotten better, yeah. When you look at this lineup, I think it's just my expectations for the season have drastically changed. Uh, what am I excited about? I'm excited about Patrick Ajaman. I'm, I'm excited about young players. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about Ben Bender. I'm excited about Kerwin Vargas, right? Uh, why not try to be excited right now about Tiger Smalls? If Dean Smith says he likes Tiger Smalls, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And let's just see what he has. But but other than that, I mean, uh, of course, Scott Arfield. I want Scott Arfield to start bag, uh, bagging some goals. I think he's going to bag goals this year. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Scott Arfield stays healthy. I wouldn't be surprised to see him score 8 to 12 goals in MLS this season. Hopefully another game winner or two, for sure. He's, he's, right. Scott Arfield scores important goals. That's what that's very much. That's correct. Yeah. And and that's why I, I designated him as a super sub, right? And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, the other thing that, that is that – is, you know, popping up right now as I'm having this conversation with you. And again, I'm not trying to be super negative. I'm trying to be realistic. And I've kind of seen a lot of people in and around Charlotte FC kind of toe the company line this week. I wanted to get your take on that, Danny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like there's a, a message 
um, that is being communicated to people who uh, cover the club, whether they're in supporters groups, whether they're part of rights holder broadcasting, that are very uh, positive about the fact that this opens up a roster flexibility. This opens mm -hmm. up uh, financial flexibility. And for what it's worth, I am I am one of the the people, Danny, that says yes. These outgoings were important. And yes, it does open roster flexibility. But with that comes now responsibility to make the next decision, right? So it's it, it, you have to make a decision here in the next month or so with these with these open spots. And I think the under twenty two initiative roster spot is really important right now. Yeah, and and is it really opening flexibility if you waited till the last day of the window to do the business? I'm with you in terms of I would have liked. You know, I was willing to give Dean some time when he first got here, but like six weeks later, it's like you, you couldn't find one guy out there that you would have wanted to be your, your designated player to replace Joe, whether you knew Carroll was leaving or not right away. So that's unfortunate because he clearly had moved. He clearly ruled Camille out very early in this process. So uh, just, you know, I know the whole thing is they don't want to rush into it. And the club is definitely like circling the wagons, you know, like, you lose two DPs and don't bring anybody in. You got to circle the wagons. And so, like, I get it. Like, everyone who cares about this club is invested in this club. Like, it's preseason. We're if if we're if it's if this is mid if this is summer window and we're like outside a playoff position and this happens, then it's set the house on fire, throw everything out the windows and, and run. Like, I agree, but it's preseason. We're zero, we're o and o, we're we're o o and o on on the uh, on the table. You know, we're in first place in the, you know theoretically. So like. I, I can totally understand the impulse and maybe I'm just saying this to excuse the fact that I'm doing it myself, but like, again, Kool-Aid drinking and all is, is a natural reaction right now. I really think so. I don't want to think negative things about my club. I'm not going to be someone who's like, uh, that fucking Zorn, uh, the Tepper, uh, the fucking, uh, you know, like, like I, you can make like, uh, critiques, like informed critiques. And, and you've said some things, that like makes sense, but I do think there's a, a strain in the fan base that like just wants to like MF these guys with no real factual backing or anything and just be like, like there's people who really think that we're not out there trying to sign people, sign players. And it's like, you really think they're just chilling in the office playing ping pong, doing nothing. I mean, they're desperately trying to sign players. It's not easy. And you don't want to make a mistake. The, what's the one thing we keep hearing from everyone we talk to? We don't want to rush into a, another DP like we did with Camille, like we did with Camille. Everyone knows that Camille Josephiak was a mistake. And you you used one of your most brilliant leveraging chips. The only, the most powerful thing that an MLS franchise has is that, is that designated player spot. And we wasted one on, on Josephiak, you know. So that hamstrung us for two seasons. And so I get that, like, flexibility has got a lot of people excited. It doesn't do much for me because it's really about what you do with it. Yes, and that's totally fair. But I think, you know, Camille Uziak was injured. Uh, Enzo Confetti was injured. There's been a lot of injuries as well. So I think you can make the argument that we really not got, we really didn't get to see, we really haven't seen either of those players at their top level of fitness making an impact over a long stretch of time. I think that is something that um, we're, we're on the, in the midst of right now. I think we're potentially in the middle of an injury crisis, you know, with Ben Bender, with, with Brandon Cambridge, specifically on the, on the wing Marks positions. 
uh, George Marks. I didn't realize that. That's news to me today as we're recording that. George Marks is, is a bit injured. I don't think that's um, an issue. But at the same time, I, I just um, – I think it starts – if I were to just give you my honest opinion, and I'm happy to be wrong on this, is that my expectations for year three have drastically changed in the last two weeks. And the reason why I feel that way is because my expectations were to compete for a playoff position spot and to try to win a trophy this season. And now when I'm thinking about what realistically I'm looking forward to, I think what realistically fans should be looking forward to, it should be to learn about players. Right? This is this is a this is a trial for Enzo Capetti. This is a trial for Patrick Ajumon. Patrick Ajumon. This is a trial for Kerwin Vargas. This is a trial for for Tiger Smalls. All of these players, it's like it's like every game's a cup game, right? Let's just play the young guys and see what happens. So it's like it's a total roll of the dice, and that's why I'm happy to be wrong, right? It's yeah. because we're ro- we're we're rolling the dice out there, and we're saying we've got young players, we really like them. Let's see how they do in MLS, and. I am totally on board with that. I actually, and, and, and I'm sorry that it's taken me so long to get to this point. I am 100% on board with that. I want to see young players. And I think it was the biggest issue, Danny, in Christian Latanzio's tenure mm-hmm. at Charlotte FC is that he didn't give these young players time. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, we're going into the season really not knowing what we have. Maybe we know what we have in Kerwin Barnes, right? I think maybe he's the one guy that we that we know what we have. Yeah. But everybody else, it's just it's, pro- it's projecting because the minutes aren't there. I, I don't consider Bron- Bronico a young player. Oh, okay, okay. I, th- I thought you meant. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't realize you were talking about just young players. Sorry, I thought you meant. Yeah, that's what I mean. Players. As far as just like rolling the dice out. I mean, yeah. Right. We could get. This is my point. Is like we could get really lucky this season. Patrick Ajamong's really good. Kerwin mm-hmm. Vargas is really good. Tiger Smalls is a diamond in the rough, and he's making mm-hmm. an impact for this squad. Ben Bender comes back healthy, and he's cooking in the midfield. Uh, Andrew Privet has become a better center back. Adilson Milanda has become a better center back. At those wow. young positions, right? All this, what a, like if you what a, what a great eight leg parlay you're you're rolling out here for for us to hit on. This is beautiful. <laughs> like that's that's ultimately what we need to figure out here in this next mm-hmm. two months, and um, it's it's just it's so interesting. There's there's so much happening here with with Charlotte FC, and uh, and it's just it's fascinating to me that the season starts in three weeks. I feel like we had this conversation uh, literally a year ago this time when you were dramatically resetting your expectations for the season because just like because like we were supposed to buy Camille down and bring in a new PDP last last year last spring last last winter and we didn't excuse me um so yeah so maybe that's just to become a ritual for us at this point but yeah I, I, it's it's what you're describing sounds like something I could get behind because I like watching young players too but that's very 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 different from what Joe and Zoran and Dean were all saying six weeks ago when Dean was brought in and, and the talk was ML, pl- win the MLS Cup, you know? Oh, yeah. But they also said patience, right? So, yeah. And they also said patience. Dean's great with young players. They said his totally. young players are Dino's specialty. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think we, we, we are – what we're doing is we're seeing Dean Smith come into this club and he's saying, I want young guys. I want to work with young players. I want to bring them along. I want to to train them to be work in my system. And I want Ashley Westwood and I want Scott Arfield to show these guys how to be professionals. And preseason. Per, that's right. And I think the biggest outlier in all this is is Enzo Capetti. I think for me, 
Enzo Cavetti is, I, I have no clue what to expect from Enzo Cavetti this season, Danny. And when we yeah. talk about rolling the dice too, he's the person that's supposed to be the, he's going to be the tip of the spear. I think that's why we heard talk. That's why there were even whispers on deadline day of even Enzo potentially leaving. And I don't think there was anything real to that, but just the fact that there were whispers is reflective of the fact that he's not the perfect fit. Like you said, like even he doesn't really fit, but it's just like, we can't get rid of all three DPs. We just, we can't do that. Right. That's, that would have been absurd. So it's like, we kind of have to keep him, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him if it doesn't work out. If he doesn't, if he doesn't freaking get up off the ground and quit complaining, quit whining and start bagging goals on the regular, summer's not that far away. I didn't make a big deal about this, but I thought it was, and it's not Enzo Capetti's fault at all. So I'm not placing blame on him whatsoever. Wow. Um, and I think, uh, Secondarily to this, when Enzo Capetti went to MLS Media Day this year, that's when everybody should have known that Carl Sierski won't be on this team because Carl Sierski was the person that went last season. He represented mm -hmm. the club and he was happy to do so. And he didn't go again this year. It was yeah. Enzo Capetti who went. So it was a bit of a sign there that, that Enzo was kind of stepping into that role. And then when Enzo was at MLS Media Day, I'm sure there's some content about him talking about Charlotte FC. But you know what made news? His people asking him about river play mm -hmm. people asking him about playing in argentina the mm -hmm. only quotes that came out of enzo capetti from mls media day were about river plate and Correct. how his family wants him to be playing at river plate and how mm -hmm. that would be an amazing thing for his family but how he doesn't really think that's possible right, right. now and that yeah, he's committed to charlotte fc which which i respect right but and there was never any follow-up of well, why are you committed to Charlotte FC? Why do you enjoy it there? You know, it was just like, okay, right. we, we trust you. It's, it sucks. Yeah, the new manager's cleaning house, Danny. That's what's happening. I mean, this is right yeah, but that's that's frustrating here. for fans who've been told this guy came in to win the cup. Uh, it's really like yeah, and then all of a sudden now we we like uh, a, a month later we're in, we have to, we're being told prepare for a rebuilding year. I'm not I'm not into that. But yeah, the, well, I, I I feel like I'm prepared for it because. Um, they talked about patience. They talked about playing young players. They talked about, you know, really starting and working from the ground up and building a fan base and, and building a, a reputation here and, and, and connecting with the fan base with this new style of play. And, and I think things are will be direct, but I think it's going to be, be really difficult. I think Dean Smith is uh, in for an, a very interesting start to the season. And I think that game against New York City FC, that first game of the season, obviously is, is really important. But then the three games after to follow on the road, um, that's that. Those games are are really as important important as well. So um, yeah, I, I just think it's really nice to to sit here and and rally around a guy like Patrick Ajemont, to rally around a, a young player like Kerwin Vargas, and rally around a young player like like Ben Bender and and mm -hmm. Pekovic as well. And we have to kind of look towards them as the, as the future of this club, because it feels like we are in a bit of a transition period right now. Well, let's take it full circle here as we start to wrap up. And I just want to like going back to, you know, the article, the column on so soccer city Substack. Uh, you know, the whole metaphor that I tried to draw out with Carol was, you know, the King, you know, King Carol, that was our nickname for him on the show, you know, from the very beginning. And it's like, but what is the difference between, a crown that is just bestowed upon you and a crown that you have to go win. Right. That, that was a, the, what I wanted to explore in that column. And like um, we gave Carol the crown. We just, we 
it was a royal decree. Karol Swiderski is our king, you know, and we, we elevated him to the throne without him ever having done it. And like you said, you said this so great, Johnny, it, it, he never truly appreciated the opportunity because how could you? How could you truly appreciate something that you didn't have to go earn? So I think like as much as I enjoyed watching Carol play and want him to be a talisman of that club, there was always that lingering back in my mind. Like he doesn't really seem like he loves it here. Like, we, like he doesn't love us. Like we love him. And that, that, that always did kind of sting a little bit. So now it's like, we're looking for that King, a new type of King. We're looking for that sword in the stone King, that King that's going to go out there and like claim a throne. That's going to go win a battle to, to earn the position, to earn the throne. And like, uh, you know, it, it, it's clumsy metaphor maybe, but I, I do just enjoy it. And I just think that like, who is going to be our, you know, King Arthur, who's who's actually going to go be uh, someone who takes the kingdom to new heights and, 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 and craves the opportunity and doesn't want to be anywhere else. And I don't think that person is Enzo Capetti based on everything you just said. Well, uh, it feels like it's not. We, we, we've seen a season with Enzo Capetti. It, it, it did not work out. He was he was certainly a lightning rod uh, within the fan base. I think he has people that that love him within the fan base, and I think there's people that despise him within the fan base. And mm-hmm. that in and of itself isn't a good sign. You want to rally around your players, and you want to make sure everybody's on the same page. It uh, might be Patrick yeah, I mean, It is. I think I think everybody wants to rally around Patrick. I think that is that is 100 percent true. And I think that's um, something I've identified as like a, a clear um, positive for this club. And um, there's not many right now. And that's 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 a, bit of an issue um, because when you think about goals right it's so sometimes I feel like we we make things more complicated than they are when you're covering soccer and because you know goals are really the name of the game and not mm-hmm. to insult anybody and their intelligence but um, what if you could bring that you know depth chart up one more time it's like sure. where are the goals coming from they're coming from Enzo Capetti they're coming from Patrick Ajamong and they're coming from Kerwin Vargas Ben Bender a Brecht Diagra, what is he hasn't shown like he's shown me the ability to score a, a worldie, right? The, the mm-hmm. scorpion kick, a worldie goal, but he, he hasn't shown me the ability to consistently score goals in the MLS. Scott Arfield, the goals are coming from there as well. So where are these goals coming from? Is my question. And they're not coming off the bench. They're not there's just not a lot of goal scorers here on this roster. Yeah. Diagra's gonna have to become a playmaker. I mean, he he showed flashes last year and he really had a tough spot of kind of parachuting into a situation where it was just like running at full speed from the moment he got here. I really hope that with a, a an off season under Dino and a full training camp, that he's going to take a quantum leap forward, even, you know, just as much as some of the other guys I talked about with Westwood and Vargas. But yeah, when it comes to goals, it's, it's Vargas and Ajmong and Westwood uh, on this page for me and our field off the bench. Um, you know, Westwood, he scored a worldly last year, uh, absolute stunner Golazzo. And he also scored some pretty nice little uh, cutter chipper type stuff. Westwood's the guy, the only guy on this page who scores like goals that no one else could score is Westwood for me. So it's interesting. And um, just for fun, I think at the end of this episode, I, I, I want to make a bold prediction, just kind of yes. everything that's happened this week, like not really. Um, not knowing if these new signings are coming here over this weekend and in the next couple of weeks, they will for sure. And there'll, there'll be uh, players added to this club and, and hopefully we can, um, you know, come yeah. back on the show. Yeah, and John, say, their you names are, they, they got it right. Their names are new winger, new backup six <laughs> and new LCB. Those are the three guys we're going to sign right now. Yeah. Looking at the East and thinking about the league, 
I think right now I would rank Charlotte FC's roster as either the second worst or the worst roster in, in the Eastern Conference. Let's go sign some guys and fix that. Uh, I mean, who even if they do sign people in these next three weeks, it's going to be tough to fix that. I'm just saying, look at the right. This is we, we talk so much about Charlotte FC on this show, right? And and that's 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 all well and good. But when you compare the roster to a Miami roster, a Nashville roster, a Cincinnati roster, a Columbus roster, a Chicago roster, an Atlanta roster, New York Red Bulls roster. It just feels like we are miles behind those clubs right now from a from a from a player point of view, from a depth point of view. And again, this you know, I, I you know, I'm not trying to say that our players suck. I'm just saying that we don't have enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just that simple. It's you like said it's it. not. There's just not enough. You said it. I'm with you. And Let's fix it. Fix it, Zorn. Fix it, baby. It needs to be. It needs to be fixed now because mm-hmm. um, I've I've heard the spin. I've you know, I heard. I've participated you know, in the spin. <laughs> Let's be honest. I'll call myself out. No, I mean, I don't think you have. I, I think, I think you've been, you've been. I'm trying to be legit. I, think, yeah. I, I hope I'm. I hope yeah. people feel like I'm authentic always. But you know, I'm, you are, I'm a yeah, positive 100%. guy. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and I think you know maybe during this episode, it's kind of hit. I, I, I haven't, you know, for me personally, and you know, I think towards the end of the show. So that's everyone who's still hanging out here. I appreciate you being here on on this episode and. And this is when, when the good stuff is at the end of the episode, always, uh, you know, I've been, I've been busy. I, I've, you know, I've had some career stuff going on. I've been down here. I've been not really been able to fully, I guess, comprehend what's happened with this club over the last couple of days. And I think the last 57 minutes right now has, I've poured my, my emotions out there. I just, I've poured my emotions out there. And I think that it's all hitting me right now that. Uh, I'm so happy that Dean Smith is a manager of this club. Um, I'm glad that he's he's cleaning house, but it's it's really really tough to to feel like this squad is going to win something this year in year three and and it's already year three and I was hoping to win something in year one. You said it. I couldn't say it any better. It's Charlotte Soccer Show. I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. We're presented by Hot Fly, of course. Uh, make sure you circle your, circle your calendars March 2nd. We've got an incredible away day party scheduled. I'm glad we're playing Vancouver because Vancouver usually is not very good. So yeah. that, that first right. away day of the season, we can play Vancouver and maybe get an away win, uh, start the season with six points. That would that would be really cool. And, and we can go back and listen to this episode and Patrick Ajumong scores, you know, four goals in the first two games. And and uh, this this episode will go down in infamy as, as one of the worst episodes of Charlotte Soccer Show history. But – um, for now, uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Danny, it's always great to see you. Can't wait to get back to Charlotte. Can't wait to uh, uh, potentially hang out this weekend and, and get with you again next week. And we've got a game on Wednesday. Yep. Charlotte FC versus LA Galaxy on Wednesday at Coachella. I believe that game's in the afternoon, like a 1 o'clock game or yeah, something like that, or 1.30, yeah. 2 o'clock. You've, you've, you have it on the, on the schedule somewhere. So make sure um, you stick around here. We're going to have a reaction that game here uh it's gonna be really interesting to see we do uh, who who dean smith uh lines up in that match in coach l so i appreciate everybody watching appreciate everybody listening to the show and as always danny for the crown baby